Hello and welcome to The Court Jester, the podcast that brings you one saucy medieval tale after another. I am Cleopathenu, medievalist and storyteller, and before I dive with you in the pits of the most obscene comedy of the Middle Ages, I'm going to do something that you will probably thank me for. I am going to warn you. Today's story is a fabliau, which means that it was written several hundred years ago. The fabliau, all of them, are generally misogynistic, gender binary, violent, ableist, and disturbing in many different ways. Today's story is not the worst of them, I thought I'd give you a gentle start, but most of them are all of the above and more. If you find that content offensive, and it's quite likely that you do, I'm not even done describing it. When the problem isn't adult themes in the fablio, it's just blatant absurdity. Basically, this is the stuff that made people laugh many centuries ago. Yes, things have changed since then, thankfully, but please do consume this content in context. Or if it's too much for you today, come back when you feel a bit crazier. Right, for those that I did not manage to scare away yet, let's get started. Today's story is known as The Ring That Controlled Erections. I did warn you. And it goes something like this. There was a man who had in his possession, for reasons unknown, a ring that had the magical property to control erections. We do not know how he came upon this ring. All we know and all we care about just now is that he had it. And he was wearing it as he was galloping through the meadows in a hot summer's day. So hot it was that when he saw a stream he thought that the best thing to do is to stop and wash his hands and face. And that's exactly what he did. Jumping down from his horse, he put the ring down by the riverside, washed his hands, freshened up a bit, and then got back up on his horse and left, leaving the ring exactly by that riverside. Now, as you can imagine, if it's a hot summer's day and people are galloping through meadows, he would not be the first or the second or the only one to stop by that stream. A bishop soon arrived at the same spot and had the same idea, and as he leaned by the riverbank, he saw something shining in the grass. Feeling lucky, he grabbed the ring and put it on his finger. Minutes later, when the bishop was back on his horse, he started feeling weird. A strange sensation between his legs, and he was very disconcerned to find out that his member was growing larger and larger and larger than it's ever been before. And not only was it growing, but it didn't seem to be stopping. Soon it was so big that the bishop's breeches were bursting at the seams, and ashamed, he ran back to his house and showed his servants what ill luck has befallen him. No one could imagine that this was the ring's fault, and as they were deliberating, the bishop's member grew so big that it was dragging on the ground. And this is when he sent his messengers around the city and the country and the villages and the city squares, asking them to find someone who could advise him how to bring it back to size. Now the man, our friend, who lost the ring at the beginning of this story, didn't take long to put two and two together and figure that that's probably what he's been missing. He quickly made his way into the bishop's house and asked, Say, if I had a solution for what's pestering you, what would you give me? 
Anything, said the bishop. Anything, just name your fee. Well, if that's the case, said our friend, I'll ask you to agree to give me that ring on your hand, plus the other ring that you're wearing, and a hundred pounds in gold. Without hesitation, the bishop took off the rings, sent his servants to collect the money, and his erection started subsiding and subsiding and subsiding. And as our friend was walking away, loaded with money and an extra ring, the bishop was back in his previous perfect self. Isn't that a fair exchange for the both of them? I think it is. And this was the story of the ring that controlled erections. Now you understand this story ends on a cliffhanger. How did the man find the ring to begin with? And how could he control it? Why did he not have the same issues the bishop did? I do not have answers to the questions. But if you like what you heard and you find yourself asking the same questions that I'm asking, please subscribe to The Court Jester on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. And also find me on social media and I'll be more than happy to discuss this with you. I have put several links in the show notes. One of them will take you to the translation that I'm using for this story and for the ones that will follow. And the other ones will take you to the podcasts and my own personal social media. And one last thing before I go. The Court Jester is the work of a medievalist. That's myself. Uh, If you're feeling generous, you can support the podcast on Patreon and you'll get bonus episodes, additional material and other good things. I've put links in the show notes for that too. And your patronage will give me a sense of achievement that I do not otherwise get and the ability to bring you more comic stories from the Middle Ages. Thank you for listening. Until next time.